You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, listen, I have been a little slow to get content lately, but I really want to finish up my series on how to read the Bible better. But I need to I need to interrupt it for a moment. Just a follow-up from Sunday's sermon. We talked about prayer on Sunday because we're talking about discipleship. And we want to be disciples of Jesus who pray the way Jesus wants us to pray, not just rote memory prayers or whatnot. And I wanted to follow up Sunday's sermon just a little bit with some content on prayer. Today's podcast episode can be a dialogue. Brick Sager is with me. So, hey, Brick, I want to welcome you to our podcast today. Glad to have you. Thanks, man. I know you're no stranger. You've done a lot of the podcast episodes in the past, but I'm glad to have you back just to talk about prayer. Um, Brick, as I prepare to set up our topic for today, I want to give you a compliment. That is earnest. Mm. Um, I don't remember what year you started working on our staff. Um, That's not a compliment. That's not a compliment, is it? It's been a while. But the fact that you're having to think makes me feel better. (laughs) I'm going to guess it's been like five years-ish. Right around there. Four or five. But you started um, as an intern for me. Mm -hmm. You were a pastoral intern. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm currently not using that position, but you had a pastoral intern. Um, and you know, you've made hospital visits with me. You did some sermon research. You, you know, did some legwork on things with me. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the things that I was impressed about very early on, you were a college student at William Carey at the time. Um, and I was impressed with your prayer life very early on. So you're a good dialogue partner, in my opinion, for this podcast, because I, I think that unless you've just really blown it, like in the last two years, <laughs> I know that uh, I know Ooh. three years ago you had a great prayer life. So. Well, I'll say, I think my prayer life is, has grown in some areas and probably lacks in others. So All right. Well, let's have you talk about it. Let's talk about, let's talk about prayer. So um, Sunday morning, I presented, you know, prayer from Luke chapter 18, where mm-hmm. basically Jesus addressed that he knew there were going to be seasons where believers would pray about something, not see the Lord answer, and and begin to lose faith. Mm-hmm. And he was warning us against that, to trust God and hang on to your faith even when you don't. I thought that was really, I don't know, that's really insightful to me yeah. that Jesus yeah. talked about that 2,000 years ago. We also talked about the parable of the, of the self-righteous Pharisee, mm-hmm praying in contrast to this broken tax collector mm. who actually was heard by God and changed by God with the most simple prayer, right? Yeah, yeah. But one of the concepts that I introduced is this idea that, you know, when I was young, my prayers basically were a to-do list for mm-hmm. God. Somewhere yeah. along the way, I inherited this idea that when I prayed, I'm supposed to tell God all the stuff that I want him to do. Mm-hmm. And that that's how prayer functions. So my prayers might look like kind of like this, for example, you know, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Um, God, I want to ask you to, you know, to help my family in this, make help my grandmother get well, help my uncle get a job, you know, let my son make the right decision about this, help my wife and I stop arguing, you know, bring revival to the church and save these four people that I'm ready to see come to Jesus. And when I'm done praying, I basically have given God like seven or eight things for him to do today that I think need to be done in the cosmos. Yeah. yeah. And um, Jesus changed my mind on that years ago. Mm. So let's just kind of set this up. Um, I want to read Matthew chapter 6. Okay. 
So this is where Jesus teaches us about um, the Lord's Prayer. But before mm-hmm. he gives us the Lord's Prayer, he tells us a few things that are important to him about prayer. And Rick, I'm going to read, and I'll just kind of ask you to help walk through the text with me. Yeah. And we'll give people some, uh, some thoughts about prayer. This is what Jesus had to say about prayer. Verse 5, when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your heavenly Father knows what you need before you ask him. Mm. Okay, so I guess, you know, breaking away, I see three big topics that Jesus gave us, Mm -hmm. and I'd love to hear your thoughts on them. I'll share mine, and we'll encourage our church. So the the first topic was about praying for the pleasure of other humans Mm -hmm. or praying for God. So he said, don't be like hypocrites who want who have a prayer life so that other believers will say, wow, you seem so spiritual. Your prayers seem so sophisticated. Your words were remarkable. Can I write that down? I love you. And there's nothing wrong with praying in public. There's nothing wrong with praying good prayers, meaningful, sacred, powerful prayers. But there is something wrong with praying those prayers only in public, never in private, for the approval of other people, not for the audience of God, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing is, you know, this public you know, public prayer life with no pra- private prayer life. Mm-hmm. The second thing that I heard was this meaningless repetition, right? Don't don't yeah. use meaningless repetition like the Gentiles do. And I'm, and I'm guessing that's like, you know, I could imagine, you know, somebody just repeating, you know, this mantra that their priest told them to pray to try to get Baal's attention or whoever, right? To mm-hmm. say these words or say these things over and over again. Could be empty words. It could be like you know, religious idolatrous words or phrases or whatever. I don't know, but but meaningless repetition. And then the third thing was where Jesus said, your heavenly father already knows what you need mm-hmm. before you ask him. Let's talk about it. Uh, Brick, what, what, when you think about that first category, you know, having a public prayer life yeah. for the pleasure of people, but no private prayer life for the pleasure of God. What are some of the things that I guess you think about? Gosh, Ben. So, I mean, I'm, I hope, I, I think as you read that, I was trying to interpret a lot of that just in my own life. And when I think about a, you know, a, a prayer life that is robust publicly, but is poor um, privately with the Lord is, to me, I think, points a lot to, to the depth of relationship. Um, I, I think of... Um, I think of, you know, in context of, of marriage, my relationship with Cassidy publicly um, is is much different than my relationship day-to-day at the house with her, right? Um, conversations with Cass at the house, just me and her are much more real. They're much more um, personal because I'm not, you know, we're not trying to live in, you know, when we're at our house, we're not trying to 
put on a, a persona or a face or, hey, we have to look good for those around us. And so I just know just in human relationship, those conversations are more real and more personal and more intimate when it's in private. And so to imagine a conversation, you know, having my only conversations with Cass be in the public sphere and not in the private sphere would be a really poor relationship. And so um, I guess I look at the same thing with with my conversations with God. Um, and it's convicting because that leads me to say, Brick, you know, how often were you just real before Jesus in your own time, in your own space? Um, so that's my thoughts and response. Well, I, I think you've probably heard me say this, but over the last couple of years, I alluded to this in the sermon, mm-hmm. but over the last couple of years, I've come to evaluate the health of my walk with God based largely in part on my private prayer life. Yeah. You know, just because that's one thing that you guys don't see. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. y'all can see if I'm being nice to people. You guys can see if I've studied for sermons or, you know, whatever, right? But the one thing that the one thing that nobody's going to pat me on the back for is my private prayer mm-hmm. life. And and I say that as a good thing because that's the one thing that's just between me and Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a really good measure for me of whether I'm kind of in a rut so that my, my religious habits are just religious habits mm, yeah. or whether I'm really personally connected with God right now. So mm. anyway, the, the idea to me that the public prayer life might become about your reputation or your name mm-hmm. or you know a certain way you want to appear in the eyes of people, but that private prayer life that nobody else sees, mm-hmm. to me that that is one of the fundamental yeah. measures of where we are with God. Mm. You know, Does that make sense? Yeah. So the second one, uh, what do you think on this repetition? Like Jesus says, I don't want you to be like Gentiles, no meaningless, no meaningless repetition like the Gentiles. Yeah, um, So, and, and I may be headed the wrong direction with this, but um, I guess in that context, if you're talking about this meaningless repetition and you're talking about the context of the Gentiles coming up with, say, magic phrases or these you know, a per- particular phrase to repeat enough so that th- the Baal or whatever God would hear them. Um, to me, that's, that, that is as far away from a conversation or a, a relationship that, that, that you can get from. Like when I think of that, I think of someone trying to get God's attention to do something for them. Yeah. Um, and so the contrast to that is, not not these long phrases to to get God's attention or to 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 help him to, to convince him to do something for me. It's the contrast of that is honesty of the heart of saying, God, this is this is where I'm at, and I know that you hear me. Um, and again, similar to to the first one, to me, that's that's so much deeper relationally yeah. than than this, you know, seeing God as a as a cosmic soda machine, you yeah. know, of what, what I need to put in or what I need, what I need to do to if get put him the to right talk thing in. Yeah. He'll, he'll, I'll get something out of him. Yeah. Well, and Rick, to your point, like the second thing that Jesus said in that statement was, you know, don't use meaningless mm-hmm. words and phrases like mm-hmm. the Gentiles. And then, then he said, they think that, you know, thinking God would hear you because of, because of your words. That's right. right. Yeah. Like it's so... That takes some pressure off anybody who says, gosh, I, I'm not good at praying out loud. Yeah, I'm not good yeah. at praying. The truth is Jesus taught us that God's not really that impressed with your words. Mm-hmm. Like he really doesn't care how smooth it came out. That's right. So what does he care about? You know, like that's what I'm thinking is yeah. like, all right, well then what does he, what matters to him? 
And I, I would think that, like, I don't know, I wind up defaulting as a parent to a father-son, mm. you know, mother-daughter, yeah, you know, yeah. parent-child relationship. I'm not necessarily as interested that my kids got their words out right mm-hmm. as I am interested in our relationship yeah. and what their real needs are. Mm-hmm. You know, those things I'm very interested in. Mm. Um, and I'm not going to look at my son and say, I know that you have a very real emotional need or physical need, but until you learn to say <laughs> it better than that, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so what kind of dad? So if you use that same logic that I used in the sermon from Luke 11, mm-hmm. if, a, if a broken dad like me, loves his son well enough to say, hey, I know what you need and I'm going to care mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Your words don't have to be perfect, buddy. Yeah. How much better is God than that? Mm-hmm. So maybe some of it's just that we're actually making time to be in his presence and that he hears us mm-hmm. for, you know, on the terms of relationship or need or sincerity or what's in our heart. Mm-hmm. But I want to take some pressure off our church. Yeah. You know, I mean, a, a lot of people feel like, I don't pray very well yet. Don't ask me to pray or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know how to do it just right. Mm-hmm. And the, the good news for you, like if you if you just got saved three months ago, right, the good news for you is that God wants you to pray to him mm-hmm. uh, and he doesn't care how it yeah, sounds. That's right. In, in fact, here, Jesus is kind of warning us the opposite direction. Don't get too caught up in that. Mm. So the last thing, Brick, where Jesus said, your heavenly father already knows what you need before you ask him. I mean, I kind of think part of what he's saying there is that, like, so don't worry about the words too much. Mm-hmm. But there's more to that. Do you have any, you know, thoughts off the top of your head on that verse that you want to pass on to the church family? Yeah. So what sticks with me um, is, and, and that's like, I think that that brings up the question of, you know, hey, if God already knows what I need, why why ask for it? Yeah. Why am I praying? Yeah. And I think I think there's a lot of answers to it. Um, and and perhaps I'm not touching on all the main ones, but one that's been like really, really good for me to remember is when I, and I forget when, at what point the Lord kind of worked this in me, but it was this, it's kind of this idea of, yeah, God knows, God knows my needs and he also knows my wants and desires. But some of the reasons, or some of the, one of the reasons why it's good for me to share those things with God is not so that I can change his heart. Because if we know if he already knows it and, and his heart is constant and unchanging, then I can't do that. And I know there's a mystery to that with the, with the power of prayer. But some of it, some of the things that's really good for me is, is when I am honest with God about those needs that I have, speaking them to him, praying those things to him does a really good thing in my own heart. Yeah. It, 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 it changes my heart. Um, and so I don't think, I really don't think prayer is just a, a therapeutic exercise to, to make me feel better. I don't, I really don't think that, but I think in a healthy sense, there's something about, about prayer that when I say those things to, to my heavenly father who loves me, um, and I, and I am honest with him, it, it strengthens my relationship with him and it gives me just gives me a really a new perspective so it's it's hard for me to put words to it yeah. um but i'll say i mean ultimately i think prayer changes my heart so yeah. much just as much as it is it's me speaking to the lord and i know that i know that you know right now one of our wednesday night discipleship groups was richard foster's book celebration right. of discipline and mm-hmm. in his chapter on prayer he says some of that right mm-hmm. that prayer should change us mm-hmm. you know 
I remember when I first read that statement, I got very frustrated and confused. And yeah. that often happens to people when something we think is challenged for the first time, mm-hmm. right? It's part of the process of growing. I remember reading that, you know, God already knows what you need before you ask. Yeah, yeah. So my first thought it was, well, gosh, why, why do I pray? Mm-hmm. You know, now, Brick, in my opinion, that exposes that my prayer life must have been pretty poor, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because basically what that would mean is that if I'm disappointed, it means that the only purpose I had in prayer was to be sure to tell Make God requests. all the stuff I need you to give me. Yeah, and I think yeah. so, so then I'm like, wait a minute. Actually, Jesus said this to free us up so we could relax and engage mm-hmm. God comfortably, not worried about you know getting the words exactly right, yep. but trusting God's heart. But it also frees us up to recognize that prayer is about relationship mm-hmm. and that sometimes we can just stop and be aware of God's presence and actually be silent, mm-hmm. not even have to say anything. Uh, I do think it's great to express yourself in prayer. I pray. I mean, when I when I pray, I'm, I'm talking to God, mm-hmm. but I'm also listening. And sometimes I'm just still and calm and quiet for a moment, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but for me, this really frustrated me the first time I heard it because I thought, well, wait a minute. Yeah. But it also exposed that I was just using God and using prayer. Mm-hmm. So what if any of us had a child and the only time that child spoke to us was to tell us what they need from us? Mm. And there was no other conversation, right? No parent would say, yes, I love this. Yeah. Every parent would say, wow, what is wrong with this guy? Yeah. yeah. But it turns out that's how I was praying. Mm. And Jesus has set me free. So church family, I'm going to wrap up the podcast by encouraging to pray freely, mm. by being comfortable with your heavenly father. Don't get caught up in the words. Make sure your private prayer life, you and God, make sure that's the strong foundation for your public prayer life. But don't worry about the words. Know that God already knows. Go to Him as a father and enjoy your time with Him. Rick, thanks for being on the podcast today.